You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked on ACC. It's a Thursday edition. We have Tyler Aki here from Locked on Syracuse joining the show. A lot of good things to talk about because ACC Big Ten Challenge is rocking and rolling on the men's side. And we're going to have that conversation today. Of course, Tyler's got his expertise in that field. And we'll just get a hopeful insight of how we're feeling about the conference as a whole as the season is really getting gearing up for what should be an exciting conference schedule. So, Tyler, thank you so much for joining the show. Well, you said the Big Ten ACC Challenge is rocking and rolling. I think it's rocking a little bit more than it's rolling right now. <laughs> Everyone feels like is struggling in the ACC. I mean, even the one game you thought you were going to get, your big marquee matchup, and down goes Duke. <laughs> so it, it hasn't been pretty. As of us recording right now, it is six two in favor of the Big Ten right now. So I don't know exactly. what's going to happen. We're recording this before the, the games on, on Wednesday night, but it is, it's been rough sled. that's for sure. It's been rough, but let's talk about the fact that Ohio state took down number one Duke, the team that everyone pretty much put on a pedestal is the one leading this conference. And it hasn't gone great. They fell 71 to 66 and a lot of conversations about it. Eh, Drug it off because it's November, but should there be cause for concern if even your best team in the conference is already struggling early? Well, I wouldn't even say that Duke is struggling. That's a tough place to play uh, mm-hmm. the shot and scene center it, when it's a big game. When it's like your run of the mill, like Ohio State, Minnesota, yeah, you're not going to get that sort of crowd. But when it's Duke, number one team in the country, yeah, that place is going to be rocking. It's a tough place to play. And I think you kind of saw like, What's going to happen outside of Paolo Bancaro and Wendell Moore and Mark Williams? Like Duke needs a team effort because they've got some guys on the bench, but the, the depth that Duke doesn't impress me a whole heck of a lot. Joey Baker, Theo <laughs> John's kind of a hustle guy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Griffin didn't play literally like at all. He played two minutes in this game. So they're not as deep. I think like, don't get me wrong. The top of the top on this team is one of the best in the entire country, but absolutely. Once you get to the the depths of things, like there's definitely deeper teams in the ACC than the Duke Blue Devils right now. Yeah, I think Trevor Kills is obviously going to have hit or miss nights, but Jeremy Roach is going to have to, for me, have to have a better performance moving forward if the Blue Devils want to stay in the game. They were fouling a lot. It's, I think it was more so that young man or the young player kind of mentality. They're trying to do too much, right? Yeah. They're not playing their mm-hmm. game. They're still figuring out what their game is. Heck. They're figuring out how to gel in with the team, but no, no need to panic. I'm going to talk to JJ Jackson a little bit later during the week. And I think he'll probably tell you the same coach K is not ready to like throw the towel in again, just November. But if that's the number one team already falling after what, two days of being number one, can we talk about, let's go back to Monday, (laughs) the Virginia, (laughs) Iowa game, close calls. That's one that just, you know, Iowa was definitely pulling away. Shout out to Virginia for coming back. But man, that's a heartbreaker. We're already starting out. And then Illinois taking down Notre Dame pretty handedly. What were your thoughts after Monday? Were you already in panic mode when it came to the AC Big Ten Challenge? Well, I don't think anything was too surprising. I think Iowa's got a sneaky good team this year. And for them to go out and, and go on the road, really, and dominate Iowa. I know it, it was kind of close at the end, but 
one point margin is not the game that you saw yeah. take place in Charlottesville. That game was dominated by Iowa for 30, 35 minutes. Um, but again, I think it is somewhat encouraging for Virginia because usually Virginia teams can't come back from those sort of deficits when mm-hmm. they stretch out to double digits. So I think that's slightly encouraging, but again, that's a third loss now for Iowa or for Virginia rather. And, and you've got a couple of cupcake games here. You got Pitt to open up. I think that's a nice way to ease your way into ACC play. Then JMU, then Fairleigh Dickinson. And then you get into a, a pretty middling group of ACC teams, double up with Clemson, Syracuse, North Carolina, like not the best of the best. And again, I think that's, you're going to say that with a lot of teams in the ACC this year, not the best of the best, because quite frankly, the conference hasn't gone out and shown you anything so far. Absolutely agree with that. I want to talk about Tuesday's games here in just a second, but we remind all of you that if you're looking to bet this season, please look out for bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's simply where the game starts. You can head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code locked on that's L O C K E D O N to receive your bonus. Bet online remains your number one spot for all sports action. They have basketball, football, NHL, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers again at betonline.ag. Tyler Aki from Locked on Syracuse in the building. We are talking through this ACC Big Ten Challenge. Hoop season is very much upon us. I know you're used to us talking about football. And of course, ACC Championship game is Saturday. We'll have more of that with Jersey Drake. On Friday, as we drop some predictions, but let's get to these Tuesday matchups that we saw. Syracuse handling business, thank God. It took a couple overtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took overtime <laughs> to get it took right. Two of them. You, yep. Yeah, it took a couple overtimes to get it right, but they finally figured it out. And I think the buddy, buddy and Jimmy <laughs> doing yeah. the damn thing, you know, putting the game in their hands. I personally always get nervous when dogs have to shoot free throws. I'm like, when the game's, I'm like, that's a different level of like focus and pressure. Yeah that you have to deliver when you know the game is on the line. What were your thoughts watching that game? Did you see a lot, sigh of relief, I guess you could say, about where the season may be turning for the Syracuse Orange? Well, there's so many different components to that game. I guess I'll start with how I feel. I mean, it doesn't really change my thoughts on Syracuse. My thoughts on Syracuse heading into the season were they can win every game. They can also lose every game because of the nature of what their team identity is. Mm-hmm. It's a team that's going to score a ton of points, but they're also going to let up a ton of points. And every once in a while, the offense isn't going to sync up. And I don't think the defense is going to be good enough to, for the duration of the season for them to have these flash performances. Now, out of the gate, they sort of did. Like everyone knows Syracuse, 2-3 zone, 2-3 zone, 24-7 with them. But Jim Beheim, credit to him and what he did in this game. He went with a little bit of a 1-3-1, 1-1-3 look threw a little bit of a different thing at Indiana and they were flustered out of the gate. That's why Syracuse was up 16 at the half is because Indiana didn't realize what was happening defensively. You have one game plan against Syracuse's defense. It's all right. How do we attack this two, three zone? Mm-hmm. And then you see a one, one, three, one, three, one sort of look at you and you're all out of whack. So we love to see Bayham. a coach. We love to see an old coach adjust. We love to Absolutely. see that. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, on the other side, the other old coach adjusted two in the second yeah. half and put a whooping on Syracuse's defense in the second half. Yeah. So there were so many little twists and turns and all this entire game was frustrating. And I think on both fan bases, rightfully frustrating. And yeah. obviously Syracuse wins it at the end, but there were a lot of plays in this game that had kind of left you scratching your head. Like, 
Buddy Bayheim is supposed to be some sort of all-American caliber player, and he fouls on a deep three at the end of the game that sets up Indiana to take it to double overtime and just some bad shot selection on both sides. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, again, it, I feel like offensively it was played at a high level. But IQ-wise and defensively, there's a lot to be desired from both of those teams. Yeah, in November, there's times to figure it out from an IQ standpoint. You can always get better. Let's talk. You know, again, we'll go quickly. Pittsburgh got beat by Minnesota. Not much there. Pittsburgh is just trying to hang on by a, you know, a thread. Wake Forest beat Northwestern. Of course, Wake Forest has been the team that everyone looks to beat and kind of figure things out these past couple seasons. But, hell, the Demon Deacons are not doing shabby, right? They have some good yeah. games. They're figuring it out. Rutgers beat Clemson 74-64. Again, we already mentioned the Ohio State-Duke game, but this Florida State-Purdue game, I think it spoke more about how good Purdue is than necessarily yeah. how bad Florida State is. I think you're 100% right there. I mean, going on the road to Mackey is never easy. And, and when that Purdue team gets rolling at Mackey, that place gets rocking. I mean, mm-hmm. the this is the best team in the country, the Purdue Boilermakers. They, they are, they have been, I think, for about a week now just the amount of options that they can exhaust. They've got an all big 10 caliber player coming off the bench for them. Mm-hmm. How the hell are you going to counter that? You're like, <laughs> how are you going to count? I know that Florida state's a team that's deep and, and they were missing Raekwon Evans in this game, which certainly hurts them, but that's a deep team in Florida state. And they ran into just a buzz on the other side in Purdue with a bunch of guys that can go out there and get you. They, they, nobody plays better team basketball in the entire country right now than Purdue. And that's a product of having a great coach in Matt Painter and a lot of guys coming back, a lot of guys that are buying in. I mean, imagine telling an all Big Ten caliber player in Travion Williams, you know what? We're going to go with this 7-4 wonder kid, Zach Eady, instead of you. You could play both of them, technically. It'll certainly muddy some things up, but you could play both of them. And Travion Williams has just accepted his role. You can't, there are not a lot of all power <laughs> conference players that you could tell that to. Absolutely. And they would accept their role and thrive in their role. That's yeah. exactly what Travion's doing. And I think you're, you hit it a hundred percent on the head here. This game told me a lot more about Purdue than it did about Florida State. Yeah. And I think, you know, ultimately when you look at how ego has been very much driven by a lot of these college players these days, like quick, if I'm not getting my minutes. I'm going to transfer a portal. So it takes time. Mm-hmm. To really want to, play. and I think that's the dangerous time when you get into NCAA tournament time, right? You talk about energy and you talk about guys having to do their job, talk about the senior leadership that they're going to have to keep and deliver. So I'm not feeling confident about any ACC team right now going yeah. into Final Four national championship play. I think it's going to be interesting. But as you mentioned, we are recording the show at the time where we have again some Wednesday matchups. Louisville will play Michigan State, Nebraska will play NC State, Virginia Tech will play Maryland. Wisconsin will play Georgia Tech. Michigan will play North Carolina. Miami will play Penn State. Are there any games that you are, okay, I'm trying to see something about some teams here, or are you just like, please, let's let's get a couple so we're not looking horrible at this challenge? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Virginia Tech and Louisville because those are two teams that kind of in that middle tier of the ACC and what are they going to be? Are they, they, I mean, they could be going for the mantle of the second best team in the ACC. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But those are two teams that I'm looking at right now and thinking to myself, all right, what are they going to bring to the conference? Because listen, if Virginia Tech and Louisville flop, this could be a, a two, three bid league, which yeah. is pathetic to say. Like the West Coast <laughs> Conference could get just as many, if not more, bids into the NCAA tournament if some of these middling teams 
do not show up. Right now, I look at this conference and I see one team where I'm like, yep, that's an NCAA tournament team. It's Duke. Mm. Everyone else is at large. Like everyone else is suspect to me right now in this conference. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. And wow. just look at the quality wins of the conference right now. When you've got Syracuse and Wake Forest carrying the mantle for you in a challenge between two power conferences, that's a bad sign for where you are as a conference right now. <laughs> that is very fair. No, I think that's, I can't even disagree one bit. I'm over here, of course, in the triangle being a homer talking about the Michigan Carolina game. And I'm just hoping that it's a close game so people don't come for Hubert Davis's head, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just like, please, God, if they lose by a little, I still think that's an ultimate win because I think this team is still trying to figure it out. So I'm right there with you. And I also think that at the end of the day, this challenge is not going to go in favor of ACC and that's okay, but we'll figure it out. But I want to talk about the rest of the, what we'll see conference schedule is starting to hit on December 3rd. And there's going to be some great matchups already out of the gate. Want to get your thoughts on the ACC here, but first want to remind you guys about built bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Don't compare built bar to any other holiday dessert, because I feel like you need some delicious treat. So many flavors. Bill Bar gives you that extra fuel that people are simply passionate about their favorite, whether it's cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Tell Santa to throw a few of those bars in your stockings. It makes a great stocking stuffer, having people not feel that guilty as they're going through, again, this holiday season. Dip your Bill Bar into some piping hot chocolate while you're sitting around the fire with the fam, reminiscing on 2021, like some of the marshmallow retreats. Around the holiday, you need to get your hands on the Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallow through and through. Right now, you can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's Built.com. Wrapping up the show here with Tyler Aki, and we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the men's game. A lot of good things, a lot of you know head-scratching things. But overall, how are you feeling about, I know you mentioned only feeling like one team could get a bid, but when it comes to just conference play, is it anybody's game every single day? Or do you think there are more dominant teams than others? Well, this is what you'll see in conference play. You'll see some of these dominant teams emerge. You'll see some of these teams with more favorable schedules. I look at a team like Syracuse. You've got Wake twice. You've got Boston College twice. You've got Pitt twice. Those should be six wins for Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And I think, I believe they've got Miami twice as well. So you should be seven and one in that stretch. Now, maybe it's a fraudulent seven and one because of who you've beaten, but you got to take care of business in those games. And if you're not seven and one in that stretch, then you got real problems with your team. And I do think for the most part, it is sort of like an anyone's game. I do think though, that we may see once we get to mid January, maybe February, you'll start to see the conference sort itself out and you'll really see these tiers start to solidify themselves. It'll be Duke and tier one. I don't think anyone's going to catch up to them. And then it's just going to be who's in that next tier. I think there's a number of candidates that can be in that next tier of teams. I don't know how deep that next tier is going to be, but you think mm-hmm. of teams like Florida State, Virginia, Syracuse, um, Virginia Tech. There's a lot of teams that are just kind of middling right now. Louisville, Notre Dame could work their way in North Carolina. That tier right now looks deep. Clemson maybe can throw their hat in there as well, but it's going to shorten up at mm-hmm. some point. I don't know how many teams deep it's going to be because yeah. I think there could be a lot of teams that maybe win. 13, 14, 12 games in the ACC, but it's just going to be, are you beating up on the bottom of the bottom or is it going to be a real dog fight every single night when you get together with some of these teams? 
Absolutely. Now, I think that Duke is slightly running away with this, and I really am interested to see how they respond after this Ohio State loss. If they play pissed off like that, I feel like they have been against the Kentuckys and the Gonzagas of the world. They really can run away with the conference regular season championship and also in the tournament. But, you know, in tournaments are always any given night. I think, though, I will be very mad if this whole storybook thing, all of these shows we've had about Coach K, all of these farewell tours and just marathons, and he comes away with his, like, farewell tour and gets a national championship. I personally don't know if I can sit here on the show and talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if good conscience and good faith I can sit here. JJ, don't kill me. Can talk about like how, like you can't write this better. This is a storybook ending. Like, come on, people. Like, I, I want it to be competitive. I don't like when it, like anybody runs away with things. But I also just want good competition. Like, there's a reason why you go and play in ACC. I feel like ACC doesn't have that same kind of prowess that it once did when it comes to people being scared of you. Like, nobody's who's scared to come play Carolina right now. Not many. Yeah. Everybody and everybody wants to beat you though. Everybody wants to beat a Duke. Everybody yeah. wants to beat a Syracuse. Like they would love nothing more. So I wish they like the name brand of it all. Hunger. Right? Yeah. It's like like you're wearing that Louis Vuitton, or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, it might be a knockoff. But it still looks like Louis Vuitton. Okay. And I feel like a lot of these schools right now look like knockoff Louis Vuittons. They absolutely have on paper the opportunity to be great. But can they deliver an excess notes? But it's also November. Can we relax? Or are we expecting too much out of these players too soon? Here, here's my big concern and you kind of brought it up when you were talking about oh i don't want this storybook ending but like i was watching that gonzaga duke game and i was like damn it's the coach k retirement tour and they're actually good like i know yeah. they lost to ohio yeah. state I'm, I'm not i think that's more of a blip but just like damn they're actually good and you know what's gonna kill everyone if they lose the acc tournament i think best case scenario for people like you and i who don't love the prospects of Duke having the storybook <laughs> ending this year, they lose that ACC tournament. It feels like they're going to rip off a hell of a run in the NCAA tournament. That's fair. I think the best case scenario for both you and I, not JJ Jackson, <laughs> is if Duke goes out and wins the ACC tournament. Because then to me, that feels like second round exit, something that ends up disappointing. They're not just going to steamroll through everyone. So I think that's our best case scenario. But hey, Mercer it, Lehigh, if you're listening. <laughs> I hope you have the horses in the stable so. <laughs> to get things done. Tyler, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind folks where they can find you, follow your work? Yeah, you can catch us locked on Syracuse every single weekday, Monday through Friday. We're also on Twitter and YouTube at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter, locked on Syracuse on YouTube. And you can find myself at Tyler, AKI underscore on Twitter. Always appreciate Tyler to coming on the show. And as if things couldn't get any better, we're going to have JJ Jackson from Locked On Blue Devils join the show to talk more college hoops. Now we are gearing up for what should be an exciting season, but listen, can the Duke Blue Devils hold on? Can they be the team to beat? Everyone is saying so, but I want to make sure we get the guy who is clearly the local expert around here. So JJ Jackson on deck to give us that Duke Blue Devil talk. We're gearing up for what should be a very exciting season. Conference play starts December 3rd, although Duke won't be playing for a little bit longer than that, but we'll have all that conversation here on today's show. And just more importantly, the state of affairs in this conference, a lot of ups and downs, highs and lows. And so we're just trying to figure out where everybody lands after Duke. JJ, thank you so much for joining me. Candace, this is awesome. It's a great time of year. We've already seen a couple of good basketball games this season, but as you said, we're gearing up for the start of ACC versus ACC competition in the 
sport that the ACC has taken the most pride in over the years. And so I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Absolutely. So talk to me about Ohio State Duke. I know we're going to get into the rest of the conference play and all that good stuff, but I got to know how you're feeling because clearly you're on a very much of a high and then quickly the sale, the wind out of your sail just got a little bit knocked. For sure. I mean, absolutely. It was such a big high that we had last week after the Duke Blue Devils defeated the number one team in the country, Gonzaga, a really big statement win for Duke in Las Vegas. Gonzaga doesn't lose often over the past five, six years. And the fact that Duke was able to beat them the way that they did was outstanding. The first half versus Ohio State was also outstanding. Duke led by 13 at the break. But really, when you look at this one, it was a tale of two halves. Duke shot about 20% from the floor total in the second half, could not buy a bucket. And then Ohio State closes out the game on a 12-0 run to win by a five-point margin. Just a calamity of errors for Duke in the second half. Also in foul trouble was another big issue for the Blue Devils. So, yeah, just a tough pill to swallow, but they'll have to uh, move on from this and uh, wait a couple of weeks before they jump back into competition. Now, you know, a lot of people are saying Duke is pretty much holding the title in their hands in terms of the ACC, and they're carrying a lot of the a lot of this for us because, listen, the way this team looks, I'm here to say win the ACC championship, regular season and tournament title, go on to at least have a final four bid. You never know what can happen in, a, in an NCAA tournament. Any, you know, mid-major team can get hot at any point, but how confident are you feeling that this Duke team is pretty much them and then everybody else? Pretty confident. I, I think another way to look at this, Candace, I was kind of thinking about this during that Duke and Ohio State game. You know, what a test it was for Duke to go on the road in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Ohio State, a team right outside the top 25 as we currently speak. They started the year number 18 in the country. So well-regarded program. Chris Holtman's doing good things there with the Buckeyes, and they're going to be a good team come NCAA tournament time. But you looked at the schedule for Duke. After the game versus Ohio State, they have exactly two weeks off as Duke goes into final exam period and then just no competition before they play South Carolina State on December 14th. Between South Carolina State, Appalachian State, and Cleveland State to close out non-conference play, none of those teams are ranked, Candace. And then on top of that, no other team in the ACC right now outside of Duke, who's the number one team in the country, is ranked. So as we currently sit, Duke still holds on to that number one ranking in the country. No other team in the ACC is in the top 25. So if you're asking me how do Duke basketball fans feel about their chances of winning the ACC, well, as it currently stands, we feel pretty great because it looks like there's not going to be another team challenging Duke for that title as we sit again we're early we're about 20 percent into the season maybe max uh, with the eight games that have been played i do think teams will find themselves in the top 25 in the coming weeks but how crazy is that that right now it is a fact that duke does not play another ranked team in college basketball this season because the current rankings only have duke as the acc team with the ranking beside their name you know, I think it's crazy because of how big and how hype we go for ACC basketball, men's basketball specifically. And I think how we've made them a staple in terms of households, you always see like at least 10 or 11 of those bad boys in NCAA tournaments. And to now think 
that maybe one is a guarantee. It's like playing spades. You got one guarantee and a couple possibles. You don't know who's actually going to squeeze their way in. But Friday kicks off with the AC, the conference schedule. Notre Dame will play Boston College. Pittsburgh will play Virginia. And honestly, I just think we're going to see a bunch of who wants it more games throughout the year. Throughout this first weekend, it'll definitely be that. But as we gear into this season, nobody has a sure thing, maybe beyond Duke. But I don't think anybody in this conference has a sure thing. And does that make it fun? Does it make it more stressful for fan bases? I don't know. And I think only time's going to tell. And I hate that to be uh, sort of this <laughs> cop-out answer, Candace, right? But yeah. I do think there's validity in that. I think it's wild that we're playing this 20-game ACC schedule, that here we are the 1st of December, and now we've got a couple of conference games that are going to be played. Duke, as I said, doesn't start conference play until the end of December when they take on Virginia Tech. Is that going to be, in a way, an advantage for other teams in the conference? Because they kind of know how competitive – those games can be maybe I don't necessarily buy that though, given the big stages that Duke has already played on beating number one Gonzaga at the time mm-hmm. in a top 10 victory over Kentucky. But uh, yeah, it's just weird to kind of get to this new format, get used to it that we're playing conference games so early in the year. Yeah, no, listen, I think I totally agree with you. A lot of teams are going to have to figure it out as they go through, you know, game by game, moment by moment. But when you look at top teams, Yes, we'll have Duke, but who else can we at least give a little bit of credit to? I'm squeaking in a Syracuse. I might give you a Louisville, maybe even North Carolina right now. I don't know. Florida State, they they can convince me because of the depth. But is there anybody who stands out to you? We're like, okay, they could give Duke maybe a run for their money. Well, Florida State and Virginia have been the top teams in in the conference in years past, mainly uh, from the ACC perspective. Those teams, I think, are going to be great this season. We've seen some big wins for those guys already um, in competition. Not the Florida State of a couple of years ago that we've been seeing with this run that they're on, but who knows? Maybe they'll continue to improve throughout the year. North Carolina clearly has their issues defensively. You look at some of their defensive numbers, I can't believe it. I, I just, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> North Carolina really this bad? One of the 20 worst teams defensively in all of college basketball. That's hard to accomplish, and North Carolina has found a way to do that. I think that improves, though, Candace. I'm not buying that we're going to get to the middle of January and the Tar Heels are still one of the 20 worst teams defensively in all of college basketball. I think they're a team that's improved. Syracuse, another good pick. Buddy Beheim is leading that bunch. His brother Jimmy is there playing. Of course, both of them getting to be coached by their dad, which I think is awesome, and what a big win they had in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and double overtime against Indiana. Wake Forest, another team that I don't know necessarily is going to challenge for the top of the league, but I got to tell you what, eight games into the year, Steve Forbes in his second season leading the Demon Dinkins, he's got a really deep bunch, a lot of transfers buying into what he wants to do. Wake Forest is a fun basketball team to watch early in this season. So, uh, man, I'm excited to watch it. I think Duke is the best team in the conference. I don't know that there is a clear-cut number two because I quite honestly – I think it's a group of teams that are going to try to be the second best team behind the Duke Blue Devils. I think so, Duke's that good. So Duke's going to be regular season and ACC tournament champion. <laughs> Calling it now. Way too I mean, early prediction. Way too early prediction. Although, let me say this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In years past, the ACC tournament, Coach K dominates, right? And that's, that's what the one knock on Coach K was or has been. He doesn't win enough regular season championships. The regular seasons, the better picture. It's more games. It's more impressive to win one of those. 
Whereas I've always been like, look, the tournament's at the end, of, and maybe it's the Duke guy in me wanting to defend the fact that they've won so many of the mm-hmm. ACC tournaments. But it's like, it's so many games and so many days, back to back to back to back to back. You've got to be playing your best basketball at the end of the year if you want to win. The way Duke has been playing in their big games versus Gonzaga and Kentucky, what's been the big story so far in second half of those games, Candace? What is the cramping issue that's going on? <laughs> I was going to say, get my guy some hydration, You know, with, with Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Moore Jr., Trevor Kills, like three, Paolo's had it the worst mm-hmm. and decided to go back in big games for IVs in the second half to get some fluid in him. But, I mean, if you're having to play games back to back to back to back to back every single day, I don't know that I can predict Duke to be the that's ACC fair. tournament as it stands. But I do think they're the best team in the conference. I think they'll be – uh, they'll get that issue fixed over time. I think the Duke um, science sports medicine staff is trying to help Paolo figure that out. I thought Holly Rowe had a terrific report about that during the Ohio State game when the Duke scientists were able to find out that Paolo Bancaro loses seven pounds in a basketball game from the amount that he sweats. A, the science involved in that is crazy yeah. that we can figure out that. But B, are you kidding me? Seven pounds? I need to be on the Paolo plan. Oh my gosh. And, and you look like, let's sign up for it. I want a Paolo plan subscription right now. No, I 100% agree. But no, I, I, I think you're right. And again, I say, if you look at last year's Duke team, they did not have the same chutzpah where they were ready to go every single night. But I tell you, when I look into the way they've been playing and how they've beaten good teams, dangerous extremely dangerous i think that everyone is on notice when it comes to the conference jj always a pleasure i look forward to talking about this more throughout the season hopefully not so much duke great talk but you know it's fine i can i can put i can put the pride and bias aside can you please remind folks of where they can find you follow your work without a doubt locked on blue devils every day at lo underscore blue devils and personally i'm on twitter at underscore jj underscore jackson underscore your one-stop shop for all things duke athletics Trying to find a football coach right now, but basketball season is the utmost priority there in Durham. So, Candace, it's always a pleasure. Go, Here we go. Go Duke. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh-huh.